right now we're leading by a lot. A lot of people say DeSantis is dropping out of the race. I don't know that that's true, but I wouldn't be surprised. He should. Because I think he's absolutely killed himself for 28. You know? But remember the loyalty thing. He wouldn't be there except for me. And then he said, I have no comment. And we know what that meant. No comment means he's running, but he's really hurt himself. But I hear he's dropping out, but I will say this. We're going to make this country so strong. We're going to make our country so great. We're going to have so many victories again. USA! 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 Let's see if we can get the back of the crowd going. Come on. For any liberal, especially white liberal, who just saw that crowd of white people yelling USA, USA, and got triggered because white people love this country, oh, they're going to love this one. A black guy with, I don't know, is it dreads or, uh, or, or braids being even louder than my white brothers and sisters out in Erie, Pennsylvania, yelling, USA, USA. USA! 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 All right! USA! 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 Oh, wait a minute. This is a Trump rally. I need you guys' help. All right? This is a Trump rally. And we will show our respect to our 47th, yes. 47th president. Joe gotta go. Joe's gotta go. You heard it. Gotta give us what we want. Gotta give us what we need. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. We gotta fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Because the powers that be are doing everything to jail President Trump and keep him off the ballot in 2024. Before we get into the highlights of President Trump's speeches this weekend, let's look at where the deep state is in their constant illegal, unconstitutional, and evil attack on our beloved and duly elected president in 2016 and 2020 and soon to be 2024, Donald John Trump. President Donald Trump now facing new charges in the special counsel's investigation into those classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. We are getting some significant new information from what's being called a superseding indictment, essentially additional information that the special counsel's office is now revealing. And it is new insight here into what specifically is being alleged, and that is the allegation that Carlos Oliveira, identified as a property manager, a kind of maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago, along with Walt Nada, Mr. Trump's body man, and Mr. Trump himself, tried to delete surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago in the summer of 2022, something that is revealed in this indictment. This indictment alleges that Carlos Oliveira talked to a different Trump employee. Uh, after telling this employee, and this is uh, that their conversation should remain just between the two of them, that, and I'm quoting here, that, quote unquote, the boss wanted the server deleted. This employee responded he wouldn't know how to do that. He didn't think he would have the rights to do that. That employee said, you're going to have to reach out to somebody else, essentially. And then D'Olivera then, I'm quoting, D'Olivera then insisted to this other employee that the boss wanted the server deleted and asked, what are we going to do? 
And the, that is just a piece of the indictment that is describing part of this new information. It's not just De Oliveira and Nada that are tied up in this. Uh, De Oliveira is being charged alongside the former president. And they specifically say that Trump was involved in this effort. Welcome back to the BCP podcast. This is James, the blessed conservative padre, proud father of four beautiful, very conservative, well brought up children. Thanks to my dedicated wife, we have dedicated ourselves on this program to bringing you the truth, even when it hurts the ears of the leftists or offends big tech overlords. We appreciate your support that makes this show possible as we have been kicked off YouTube for exposing the truth. But what else can we do? That is how I was brought up, folks, to talk about truth. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at what's happening over in Fulton County, they are preparing to also indict President Trump on a RICO or racketeering indictment. As you can see here, this past week around the Fulton County office buildings and courthouse and what have you, they already put barricades up in anticipation or preparation for some big legal happening, which of course we know that they've been preparing to indict President Trump uh, over in Atlanta. All of this is going on in Georgia as Jack Smith is going to be indicting President Trump any day now on these new things with the ultimate goal of saying that President Trump was behind a conspiracy to take over the government an insurrection conspiracy, and keep him off of the ballot. Now you say, you can't do that, right? Well, folks, what they are doing is they are having all these indictments so that the blue state secretaries of states and others will keep President Trump's name off of the ballot. Why are they doing all of this, folks? Why are they doing all of this? Because President Trump is not one of them. He is going to drain the swamp. He, he says he's going to do it the first time. Unfortunately, he had too many swamp creatures around him. But he knows the lay of the land a lot better this time. And he's got a bone to grind. Now, he was in Iowa over the weekend. And this is what he said. Please welcome President Donald J. Trump. Well, thank you very much. Great honor to be with you. And... Hello, Iowa. So that's what I presented to you is President Trump coming out on Friday evening at the GOP Lincoln Dinner 2023 in Des Moines, Iowa. He took the stage along with 12 other wannabe winners of the primary race, the Republican GOP primary race for presidential candidate come 2024 because it was a crowded field of quote unquote competitors against President Trump. President Trump and others had about 10 minutes to speak. That's why President Trump came right off uh, the block saying what he wanted to say to Iowa uh, and the nation. Before I play the highlights of that Iowa GOP Lincoln dinner for you, let me uh, read you what I think is one, one very interesting headline reporting on this. This is the New York Times. They said, Trump and DeSantis collide for first time in Iowa as fortunes diverge. But then they go on to say right after that, 
A contest once viewed as a two-man race between Donald J. Trump and Ron DeSantis has settled into a new dynamic. Mr. Trump versus everyone else. Because everyone else collectively is not adding up to President Trump with many polls even coming over 50%. That means the other 12 people are dividing less than half the pie of Republican voters if polls are to be believed. Anyway, let's get right into highlights of President Trump in Iowa at the GOP Lincoln dinner. I'm here to deliver a very simple message. Iowa has never had a better friend in the White House than President Donald J. Trump, and I think we know that. He made a lot of big promises to the people of this great state, and as your president, I kept every single one of those promises. All right, once again, President Trump has a huge advantage over the field in that he is essentially an incumbent president. Now, of course, they stole the election of 2020, and that's why we have a fake president in the interim. But he has an advantage over every other candidate here where he, sa- where he can say, as a president, I made promises and I kept those promises to you, Iowa. I kept those promises to you, early voting primary states. I made those promises to you, America. Now, that's a bold claim, but he can make that claim because he has been president. And then people can judge him on that, whether he did, in fact, keep promises. According to my tally book, he has. Taxes got lowered. He got lower regulations. And he worked on draining the swamp. Wasn't 100% or, you know, let's say he got the process started. He had policies that were make America great again, that put America first. No new wars and was tough on the border and built the wall. So in my scorebook, promises made, promises kept. But that's for every voter to determine for themselves. President Trump has a huge advantage in that he can make that claim. No one else can say they've been president and kept promises. I gave the farmers $28 billion straight out of the tariffs I took from China. No other president took anything from China. I ended the NAFTA disaster, the worst trade deal ever made in this country, and replaced it with the brand new USMCA. And while I never mention it because of COVID or the China virus, as they say, I also got China to buy, and and this is so important, but just don't talk about it, to buy $50 billion worth of American farm product, and they were buying it, and they were buying it in a very big way. And then President Trump, starts to go after the current number two, talking about policy differences when it comes to things specific to Iowa voters like ethanol. Unlike the establishment globalists in this race, I've been an unwavering warrior for Iowa ethanol, and I will remain your ethanol champion, very important to your economy. Ron DeSantis has aggressively fought against ethanol, which I think would be devastating for Iowa. He fights against it all the time. I created the strongest border in U.S. history, built nearly 500 miles of border wall, then wanted to add another 200 miles. We had the fence all built, then the wall was built. It was ready to go up. And uh, when Biden got in, they didn't do it. That's when we first realized this guy actually wanted open borders where people pour into our country. That's when many of us realized immediately that this was Obama 3.0, Soros open borders and open human trafficking because what's one of the first things we saw when Biden came in? The unaccompanied minor problem and the caravans. 
And we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is Obama again, isn't it? Under my leadership, we created the greatest economy in the history of the world. Greatest. And in fact, I actually did it twice, as you very well know. I appointed over 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. And last year, those justices, and you know exactly what they did, they ruled to end Roe v. Wade, and now pro-lifers have a tremendous power to negotiate. We gave them a tremendous power to negotiate. Very important thing here, President Trump said. He <laughs> Pro-life able to negotiate in the states. The ending of Roe v. Wade, I know the leftists, Marxists, baby-killing, demonic, satanic, evil, wicked, Luciferian, leftists, lovers of Planned Parenthood, pedophilia, and child abuse. I know they try to all lie with through their CNNs and their MSNBCs and their other propaganda outlets that the Supreme Court justices are illegitimate and they got rid of a constitutional right. The constitutional says that this is a state's right. What Roe v. Wade did is throw it back to the states and pro-lifers in those states have their power back in their states to address abortion, which is an absolute evil so big that I thank God that he hasn't absolutely wiped us off the planet again. When I see rainbow, I know you're supposed to think about the rainbow LGBTQ community, but I just think about God making that great promise that it's not going to happen to us again because, man, with this much evil, I I don't know. Many of us believe he would be justified in doing it again, but God is not just just. He's not just just. He's also merciful as we can witness with him sending of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. All right, I know, I know, it's not a religious show, but I am not at all ashamed of my belief in Christ, and I will always be outspoken against the evil of abortion. It is an absolute, it's an absolute abhorrent practice. Which uh, they didn't have until this termination took place. This moves the issue back to the states, where all legal scholars, uh, whether you believe in it or not in it, uh, they felt it should be. And remember, the Democrats are the radicals on this issue, because they're willing to kill babies in their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth month, and they're willing to kill babies even after birth. And they are the extremists, they are the radicals, and politicians running for office cannot allow this to happen and cannot let them get away with what they do. They try and politicize that issue, and we can't let them get away. We did a phenomenal thing for our country and for life. Ah, uh, for life. President Trump wasn't just and isn't just for life in the womb and right after. He's also for life and the lives of all those already here. He didn't start any wars and he fortified our military to make us a potent force that no one will even want to mess with. Therefore, peace through strength. I fully rebuilt the U.S. military, created Space Force, defeated ISIS, and was the first president in decades who didn't start a war. In fact, I got us out of those lingering, horrible 20-year wars. We were getting out of Afghanistan very powerfully with dignity and strength. In fact, I spoke to the leader of the Taliban. And from that time on, 
Not one American soldier was killed. 18 months, not one soldier was killed until Biden came along and ended up giving them $85 billion worth of equipment, left many Americans behind. We lost 13 incredible lives and many, many badly wounded. The most embarrassing, I think, moment in the history of our country. And because of that, I believe that was the incentive for Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine when he saw the incompetence of our military and our leadership more than anything else. Trump easily makes the case that when it comes to 2024, he's the guy because everything that we want, again, he did previously. The 2024 election is our last shot to save America, and there's only one candidate, and you know who that candidate is, who's going to get the job done. And I'm going quickly because we're given 10 points and we're given 10, we're given 10 quick minutes. So I'm going to go quickly, but we did a lot of things. It's hard to do it that quickly. Now, I'll spare you what President Trump says the next little bit. Not that it's bad. It's just he goes through all the different polls and how he's leading in those polls, making the case that he is the front runner. But he is not just a front runner in 2024, folks. He won 2020. They stole it from him. And he won 2016. This is how President Trump operates. He plays to win. And I think that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic this time around. He knows what they're trying to do to steal 2024 and to keep him off. And he is still fighting forward. I'm not going to say why I have a newfound optimism about President Trump actually winning in 2024. Given the fact that There's been no punishment. There's been nothing really to stop the stolen election of 2020. Oh, that's a lie. I'll tell you one word I think would make the difference. Maybe it's two words. U.S. military. Or is that three words? Because that'd be United States military. But you know what I mean. And despite four years of deranged opposition, we did even better the second time than we did the first time getting more votes in 2020 than any sitting president in the history of the United States. They rigged the presidential election in 2020. We're not going to allow them to rig the presidential election of 2024. They used COVID to cheat. So very basic formula here for President Trump's Iowa speech. This is what I did for you in Iowa. Very important because he's speaking to Iowans. He does, even though this is being televised and carried, He wants to be very specific to those voters. Then he says, this is what I did for the nation. Then he goes into how he's leading in the polls and how Iowa is going to be the, you know, Iowa caucus is, is there at the beginning. So he makes that case specific to Iowans and to the nation that he is leading. Then he, that we can do it again. And then what are the new campaign promises? What are the things that President Trump is promising he's going to accomplish during his second term? as the 47th president of the United States of America. I will obliterate the deep state. We will say no on 87,000 IRS agents who want to take your money and much worse than that. They want to weaponize the IRS just like they've weaponized the Justice Department and the FBI. And by the way, if I weren't running, I would have nobody coming after me. Or if I was losing by a lot, I would have nobody coming after me. They wouldn't be coming after me. I immediately cancel every single open borders policy of the Biden administration and stop the invasion 
of criminals in many cases coming into our country. I had the safest border in the history of our country, and we will do it again, and we'll get it done very quickly. The next set of promises are socio-political promises, empowering parents and keeping the deviants at bay, protecting our children and our female athletes. On day one, I will sign an executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender, insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on children. I will keep men out of women's sports. And you know, nobody's been tougher on that than me. How ridiculous is that? And I will sign a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation. Can you believe we even have to say this in all 50 states? None of this matters if we have stolen elections, if we don't get President Trump, who we voted for in 2016 and in 2020, and is the rightful winner in the Oval Office. Once again, President Trump knows exactly what's going on. He knows what he's up against, and he's confident that the election fraud can be thwarted and that he'll be back in the Oval Office. I will fully secure our elections. I will defend the Judeo-Christian values of our nation's founding. And together we will crush crooked Joe Biden, the most crooked president in the history of our country by far, and also grossly incompetent, doesn't know what he's doing. He's destroying our country. We will win the election big, and we will make America great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And there you have President Trump, the highlights of his 10 or so minute speech in Iowa on Friday. Now let's turn to President Trump Saturday at a Trump rally in Erie, Pennsylvania, where because he didn't have to be so brief, he was able to flesh out some very important things. Now, a lot was said, but I want to play for you the topics that I know are of interest to you uh, in, here in our community. He addressed... Bidenomics, right? It's the economy, stupid. He addressed the border, which he just touched on briefly in Iowa. He addressed parents' rights, which he briefly touched on in Iowa. And he talked about child trafficking and how he is going to reverse the scourge, not just stop it, but correct the trafficking that's already happened. So let's get into these highlights from Saturday's rally in Erie, Pennsylvania. President Trump. First, let me show you some images of people excited uh, before he even got there, before the rally even started. Now check this out, though. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, something else. But see, that's kind of what a lot of uh, the enthusiasm, and we often say, uh, you're not going to see this at a Joe Biden rally. You're not going to see this enthusiasm. That is a conga line of black and white people in Iowa. God bless America. Having fun, waiting and cheering on President number 4547. No, you're going to see people sitting there... Uh, crying but look at this i mean everybody's having a good time i knew it was going to be a somewhat of a party here in erie tonight today because we know what's been going on with the country 
We know that Trump's getting thrown uh, indictments left and right every day, it seems like. Yeah. So look at these people right here. You want to know what America looks like? This is what America looks like. Yeah, you want to see the pulse of MAGA? Here's the pulse of MAGA right now. Yeah. It's pumped up, it's excited, and it's ready uh, to take this country back. Yeah. I mean, it's a part. I haven't seen this at any of the rallies, this part. <laughs> Let's just listen in here. For those of you listening on the BCP podcast, not watching the video version of this, there is a black conservative patriot there, a black man with a uh, Stars and Stripes shirt on, and he's leading a crowd of people just jamming out to Trump, 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 Trump. And, and let's point out here that what you're seeing is a mixture of America. Damn right it is. America is for white people of European ancestry, black people of African and American slave history, which is long ago and is no longer an excuse for black people to be held down because we're not held down in America. And that's in Iowa. Forgive me, but I'm pretty sure Iowa is more white than some other states. And you see a mixture of people there in the crowd, black, white. I saw some Latinos. I think I saw a couple of East Indians as well and others. Because make America great again is not a racist thing. It is an American thing where the rising tide of America greatness lifts all the ships and boats, whether black, brown, white, peach, yellow, or whatever the case may be. All right. Before we get into uh, Trump... I really like what was said here. Uh, what's his name here, folks? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Sean Parnell. Here you go. And then we'll get right into Trump. Well, if Donald J. Trump has shown us anything, ladies and gentlemen, it's that one man refusing to back down is contagious. Erie, we love Erie. We've been winning Erie right from the beginning. You know, Erie used to be a Democrat stronghold until we came along. All right. President Trump on Bidenomics. It's a negative term that Biden somehow thinks is something catchy and good. I will end the disaster known as Bidenomics. You know, that was supposed to be a negative term. He liked the name so much, he's going around saying how wonderful it is. If you love inflation and a bad economy, let's go for it. Since taking office, Joe Biden has wrecked our economy. Home ownership has been pushed out of reach for millions and millions of Americans with the rate of a 30-year mortgage up 150%. Think of this, 157 actually percent since I left office. Real wages collapsed 26 months in a row. And typical Americans have seen their incomes crushed by more than 6,000. That's the people in the room. Everybody. $6,400 a year income crushed since Biden took office. And that's having to do with many, many factors, many, many factors. But 
Think of that, $6,400 a month's wages on average. President Trump feeling and understanding the plight of the everyday man. Now, 2015 to now, it's what, eight years? Amazing that a multi-billionaire actually understands and appreciates what the average American is suffering. And it's not new since he's been president or since Bidenomics has ruined our country. This is before President Trump became president. Now, I was born and lived the first half of my childhood in Harlem, New York. Grew up in and around and still love the old 90s and 80s hip-hop culture. Donald Trump was down in Harlem, in New York. Everyone liked Trump, not just white people. Black people liked him too because he was cool with black people. Many people worked for Trump in Harlem and in other parts of New York City. People of color, black people. And President Trump had a great, great reputation in our communities of color, if you want to use those, for me, ridiculous terms of the left, but so that we all know what I'm talking about. He employed people. He was very comfortable with everyday people. Unlike the elitists that we see in the Democrats that don't ever mix with black people except for other black liberals, they're the ones who actually do it to look cool. Regular folks like conservatives and uh, libertarians, if they have a black friend, it's probably because they have something in common like sports or work or a hobby or shooting guns or politics or very often in my life, you know, I, don't, I, I, I grew up mostly, you know, from the last half of my childhood in California. California, I understand, is a little bit different than, than a lot of places in the United States, even today, and I just understand this, but it's way more integrated than some other parts of the country. I think we can all agree on that. But the friends I've made over the years are because we have common interests, church, scouts, um, civic organizations, and things of that sort. President Trump always liked people because of who they were. They were Americans and because of other things. It wasn't about race politics. President Trump hasn't been a politician. Go back. Oprah loved him. Jesse Jackson loved him. All people loved him. Sports figures loved him because President Trump is not a racist. And he understands, and even though he is uber rich, understands the plight the situation, I don't say plight, that sounds negative, plight, situation, challenges of the everyday man. And he proved that it wasn't all talk during his first term. Another thing that President Trump understands, because he can relate, unlike not being uh, broke, because remember, President Trump's never really been broken in, in his life. His dad was very successful, nowhere near as successful as the Don has uh, made himself. But one thing that he can appreciate are what parents are going through with this craziness and the indoctrination of our children and the government wanting to be our parents. And he addressed that in Erie, Pennsylvania. On day one, I will sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. We want great schools that lead to great jobs and to great lives. And we want people that love our country. We want people to love our country. I will keep men out of women's sports and I will sign 
a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. Now, one thing that President Trump, I think, is going to probably have to address more overtly and more plainly and more specifically is the vaccine. He has been a proponent of the vaccine because one of the notches in his belt, one of the things he was proud of is Operation Warp Speed. I don't think President Trump knew that Big Pharma would introduce a bioweapon via this vaccine. I think he's probably come to that too late, that knowledge too late. But he hasn't been very strong on um, talking against the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. One thing he has been very clear about is the choice to take such vaccine. And as you can see here, he continues to say that much of the approval of people in Erie, Pennsylvania, and quite frankly, throughout the nation. And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate from kindergarten through college. Now, one criticism, which I believe is rightful of President Trump, is he hasn't really come out strongly against the bioweapon vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, which is really a bioweapon. Now, you know, obviously one of the accomplishments that he thought was an accomplishment for him was Operation Warp Speed. Honestly, I don't think President Trump, knowing even the, the evil that he knew that Big Pharma is, I don't think he thought that they would introduce or maybe he wasn't given the intel or they lied to him about the intel or maybe they didn't believe the intel that there would be a bioweapon in these COVID-19 vaccines. But I think President Trump is slowly and surely going to address this and turn it around. He's going to have to address this in 2024. Tell me what are your thoughts. Does this not sound like the beginning of him coming out against and exposing the COVID-19 vaccine bioweapon? I will also continue my long record of standing up to Big Pharma. You know they don't like me, you know that. By creating a special presidential commission to investigate what is causing the decades-long increase in childhood diseases, autoimmune disorders, autism, obesity, infertility, and other chronic health problems. We're going to get to the bottom of it pretty fast. Now he says decades-long, but in the recent past, especially the uptick in autoimmune system problems, that's the vax, folks. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. Am I reading too much into this? Or is President Trump ready to take on the vax? He's going to have to address that in 2024. He's not going to be able to escape it. And just as I did for four years, and without fail, without waiver, I will fully uphold and defend our Second Amendment. And he's going to defend and strengthen and make us safe again at our poorest southern border controlled by the cartels, the Chinese, and other anti-American factions. We created the most secure border in U.S. history, built nearly 500 miles of border wall, got Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers. How about these lightweights? They said, oh, he never got Mexico to give money for the war. I got them to give us 28,000 soldiers free of charge for years. That's why we had the best border numbers in history. 
Now, one very important communication attribute of great leaders is their ability as storytellers and telling stories. That's kind of redundant, right? A storyteller tells stories. It's the weekend, folks. I so appreciate you being here, and I hope you appreciate that I am giving you news every single day. Spread the word about our podcast that can be caught on Patreon, Locals, and all of the major podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Audible, etc. And for those of you that want to show someone an idea of what we're doing, have them go to Rumble. What I'm doing now is we are going to have five plus shows a week on the BCP podcast. We are going to be the number one daily news podcast on Spotify and Apple. We are going to do that. That's what we're working on. And we'll let people see what we're about. I will drop one, two episodes a week on Rumble. Not always full episodes, but give them a taste of what they're missing. So I'll tell people about our show. Let them go over to Rumble if they want to see what it looks like. They can get a feel for it. And then they can catch us on Locals, Patreon, Spotify, Apple, etc. Okay, so President Trump tells a great story of how he got America, these 28,000 Mexican soldiers, to patrol the southern border on the Mexican side of the U.S.-Mexican border. 28,000 free of charge. And I said to him, you've got to give us soldiers. No, 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 we will not do that. Oh, we will not do that. No, no, you have to give us soldiers for this because, you know, people are pouring through Mexico. You have to give us soldiers. Long border, one of the longest borders. You have to give us soldiers. No, no, no. I said, but you will. No, no, we will not. No, no, you will. 100%. And a person from the State Department, a woman, a good woman, she was so used to being turned down from Mexico by Mexico. For years, she was turned down. They said, sir, they will not do that. I've been trying to get that for 25 years. I said, let me do it. I said, we'll get it 100%. What else do you want? And they said, remain in Mexico. I'll get you that too. What else do you want? And we got all these different things, catch and release, catch and release into Mexico, not into the U.S. So I said, give me your 10 hardest things. They gave me the 10. I said, I'll get all of them. So the man came in to represent Mexico, top guys right under the president. And again, I really do like the president. I like this gentleman too. And I said, you have to give us 28,000 soldiers for the border. No, no. Well, he left. He thought I was like, is this guy crazy or what? I said, no, no, you'll give them to us. No, no, we will not. Why would we do such a thing? Because people are pouring through your country and they're coming in and they're poisoning our country. They're destroying our country. No, 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 we will not do that. I said, yes, you will. No, you won't. I said, here's the story right before me. And I had it. It was a Thursday. I said, on Monday morning, I'm giving you a long time. At 8 o'clock in the morning, I think it's at 8, you will be charged a tariff of 25% on all cars and all Mexican product coming into the United States. No, 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 that is not right. I said, no, it is right. Either we get the 28,000 soldiers or that's what's going to happen. May I be excused? I'd like to call somebody. Who? The president. He called the president. came back in five minutes. We would be, he just said this, these words. Sir, we would be delighted to give you 28,000. It would be our great honor. We are great. 
I distinctly remember covering that, that it was over the weekend that President Trump uh, pretty much said, like he said on the Thursday, I remember that. I remember covering it and it was crazy. <clears throat> and all these people at the border and what have you. And President Trump was like, we are going to give you a 25% tariff if you don't work with us on the border. And I remember showing footage of like throngs of people at the border, uh, these caravans and everything else. And of course, President Trump already shown uh, China that he was serious about tariffs. And I remember going, wow, like it was a straight up ultimatum. And then we got news that, yeah, Mexico was going to cooperate with the tariffs. It was absolutely mind boggling. Mexico has been uh, capturing people and bringing them back to their countries at their southern border. They've been taking people under their very powerful laws. They have the right to do it. And they're bringing them back to where they came from. That's, that's been about three days now, I guess, since, frankly, since they heard I was going to close the border. But before I close the border, if uh, Mexico and, and we love Mexico, we love the country of Mexico. So we need help from Mexico. If Mexico doesn't give the help, that's OK. We're going to tariff their cars coming into the United States. Good evening. I'm Rena Nainen. President Trump is praising his deal with Mexico that promises a crackdown on illegal immigration. The president now suspending his plan to impose tariffs on Mexican goods. President Trump is back at the White House. This morning, he tweeted everyone very excited about the new deal with Mexico, a deal he first announced on Twitter last night, adding the tariffs scheduled to be implemented by the U.S. on Monday against Mexico are hereby indefinitely suspended. The 5% fee would have driven up the cost on all Mexican imports, from cars to electronics to fruits and vegetables. To avoid the tariffs, Mexico has agreed to beef up measures to reduce the number of Central American migrants crossing into the U.S. Both countries recognized the vital importance of rapidly resolving the humanitarian emergency and security situation. Mexico will deploy its National Guard throughout the country, focusing on its southern border. I had forgotten about that negotiating publicly that President Trump did and got Mexico to bend the knee. And it wasn't just about their having their National Guard patrolling the southern border of Mexico and also their border with Central America to stop the influx. But it was all the other programs that were very successful under President Trump as well fortifying our mutual borders. Officials will also crack down on criminal smugglers and expand the remain in Mexico policy. Migrants seeking asylum in the U.S. will wait in Mexico while their cases are resolved. So then you have all these dopes say he didn't get the money for the war. I got much more. I got much more. And we then negotiated where we had a remain in Mexico. They had to remain here. They would take people that we didn't know anything about. They'd go into the United States, would never find them again. I said, we want remain in Mexico. And we did that. We got remain in Mexico. And we deported illegal alien gang members, MS-13. By the tens of thousands, we got them out. Man, America really was great 2017 through January 20th, 2021, wasn't it? Still a great country. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being pessimistic. It was freaking awesome-tacular, though, under President Trump. That's my California teenage side coming out. And, of course, folks, uh, one of the great things that's happened as of late is the movie Sound of Freedom has really opened up people's eyes to the problem of child sex trafficking and child trafficking and trafficking of women for sex and all these things that are absolute evil and, and a 
modern day slavery. I mean, that's always been slavery, right? Slavery was property. Men could rape the women because they were property and children. This is absolutely ridiculous and off of all of this is possible, of course, because of the by design, porous globalist border agenda that Joe Biden in his third term of Barack Hussein Obama has implemented illegally through Mayorkas. They should they should both be impeached and they, their, their asses should get the full reward uh, of, a, of a treason, uh, of a traitor's reward. But President Trump has a plan not just on the border, but to stop the, the, the uh, smuggling and to reverse the tide of smuggling and not let the child smuggling that has happened just stand and let them get away with it. I think we're going to end with this clip here. We will carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. We have no choice. And we will use Title 42 to end child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries immediately. Great policy by President Trump. Not just let those who got here just stay here, but mass deportation and returning those children to their countries of origin. Not only is he going to stop it, he's not going to let the crimes already did. He's not going to let them get away with it. I can't wait for President Trump to be back in the Oval Office. It's going to be party time in the USA, USA. Joe's got to go. Never should have been in their first place. Can't wait till we turn the tide and make America great again, again. All right, folks, we will be back. Hang tight. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Fight the power.